Hey, you're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast episode show number 62. Jaguar is going to open the season at Indianapolis this Sunday afternoon, September the 10th, kickoff at 1 o'clock. We've seen changes in the line. The Jaguars were a four-and-a-half point favorite. Now, that last report, they were five-and-a-half. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually uh, take a look at the latest line. I mean, there's a you know, big... A big group of games coming up uh, this week. The Kansas City Chiefs already got stunned on Thursday night, a couple of days back when the NFL season officially opened. Yeah, let's see. Backing up on that, that was what? September 7th, right? We're recording this podcast Saturday morning, September the 9th. But the Chiefs got beat by Detroit. And you know, Jacksonville Jaguars former quarterback Mark Brunel is actually the quarterback coach for the Detroit Lions. And they're getting a lot out of Jared Goff, you know, at the, at the present time as well. So congratulations to the Lions. They get a big win to open the season. I did not see it happening. I kind of thought the Chiefs would still win the game, even though they were playing without their, you know, their all-world uh, tight end, Kelsey. He had a hyperextended knee injury, and the you know the Jaguars will host Kansas City next weekend in week number two. But taking a look, and let me give you that score again. It again, it was um, Detroit opening the NFL twenty twenty three regular season with a Thursday night, September the seventh victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. Final score, Detroit Lions 21, Kansas City Chiefs 21-point victory for the Lions, but they won on the road. That was the main reason why I really thought the Chiefs had won the game. No, Detroit's got a better team now. However, that stadium in Kansas City, man, it gets to rocking. I've watched games on TV where the stadium got so loud, and I think from just the noise, I'm looking at the stadium, and it looks like it's moving. <laughs> So, so Detroit somehow, I mean, that is a, that is a absolutely a huge victory for quarterback coach Mark Burnell with the Detroit Lions. Uh, Detroit opening the NFL football season on Thursday night, September the 7th. And it was a 21 to 20 win. And I think I've got the line up. Give me a second here. I think I got the uh, latest line up on the, the Jags game. Let's see. Has this is the spread moving again? We'll take a look. I mean, it's it's moved a good bit, but then again, you know, you're looking at the first game of the year. So there's a lot going on, and these lines have been going on for a number of days. I'm sure this line has been up for maybe a few weeks. Uh, but it has changed, um, just like the Florida-Utah game. And, again, Florida got beat by Utah 24-11. to, to 11. Gators trying to get back on the winning track against McNeese State uh, this weekend. That's going to be interesting. Let's take a look at the line. It looks like it's uh, five points now. Okay, is that five points? So it's kind of teetered back and forth uh, between four and a half, five and a half points. Um Cam Robinson is out for this game, as you know. Uh, Chris Claybrooks, a defensive back, is out indefinitely a suspension. Cam Robinson, the left tackle, is out four games with a PED suspension. 
So you got Walker Little to start at left tackle, and he played a lot toward the end of last season too. So there's, I don't think there's going to be a big drop off with Walker Little and Cam Robinson. I think they're probably pretty close talent wise. Um, this is an opportunity for left tackle Walker Little to prove he belongs as a starting tackle. And again, he's he was experienced getting some starts at the end of last year, including the uh, playoff games for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm pulling the line up now. The consensus spread looks like five points now. I think Mad Max was right. Mad Max had sent me a message saying minus five was like, I think he said points, uh, like money in the bank, right? Um, I've seen the spread, four and a half points, up to five and a half points. Now it does appear a day before kickoff that it's about minus five or the Jaguars favored by five points. It looks like the consensus line is what we're seeing right now. But I will tell you this. Let's see if I can. That's interesting. Let me. What's the old saying? Let me back up on this a minute. Um, Jaguars and the Colts. I've also seen an expert that has actually said he thinks the Colts will win this game. Now, how could that happen? The Jags have been anywhere from a four and a half to five and a half points. Favorite consensus line is probably about five points of Jaguars' favorite. Now, in my opinion, hosting the Teal Shirt Report podcast, I'm going to tell you this. I think the defense has got to play well. The defense has got to come. They've got to come out, and they've got to show that they're ready to play. If the defense is ready to play, the Jaguars defense line, and, you know, they've got some holes. I mean, um, you, you do know that uh, Devon Hamilton is out with the injury. He's on IR, going to miss at least four weeks or more of the season to start the season. But you got you still got Roy Robertson Harris out there. Adam Gotsis, I understand, is going to get a start, but he's played a lot of football. I saw him make one of the best tackles that I've ever seen a defensive player make in what I guess I'd call the modern era. Uh, back now, you know, I, I was watching football when I was a kid back, I call it when football was football, but Adam Gotts is in 2021 against the Arizona Cardinals made one of the most vicious and good tackles I've seen in a long, long time. He can play. He's been in the league long enough. Now he played with the Denver Broncos played with the Jaguars the last few years. This may be his time to shine. Adam Gotts would be a, a very key figure in uh, this game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, we look at, you know, we look at these lines and, you know, I'm seeing, I'm looking at some more information. I see four and a half, five points. So we're seeing lines anywhere from like uh, the Jaguars favored by four and a half to five to five and a half points at this juncture. However, I'm looking at a source that I follow throughout the year that picks games. And they are absent. And this is not me personally, but this is a source, a reliable source. They're not always right, obviously. <laughs> Nobody is. But they've got Indianapolis will win the game, cover the spread, and the total will go under. Okay? Something to bear in mind. Now, as far as the Jaguars not winning this game, um. I can't see them. I can't. I can. Even though they're going on the road to Indy, I cannot see them losing this game. I really can't. 
if the defense, if the Jags defense is not ready to play, that could be the issue of losing this game. They got to get the Colts in second and long, third and long. They got to stop the run. And I think the Jaguars are still going to have to get an ample turnover or two in this football game. If they can stop the run, they can get the Colts in obvious uh, pass rushing scenarios with AR-15 playing quarterback. How are they going to play it with rushing the passer? You have to be careful because he's a guy that can take off and run 20, 30, 40 yards at a clip, maybe two, three, four times in a game. You got to kind of keep him contained, in other words. Make him beat you throwing the football. I mean, in, in the, I think the last preseason game the Colts played, I mean, AR-15 was only completing 50% or less than 50% of his passes. Make him beat you with his arm. And I think that's what the Jags will do. They still got to get some pressure on the guy. So we'll see what happens. The defense is key in this football game. I mean, really key, in my opinion. I think the Jags need an apple turnover or two, but they also need to stop the Colts' rushing attack, in my opinion. Because I think the Jags, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars, the offense will have some splash plays. I think the Jags can win this game 27 to 17 by 10 points if the defense comes ready to play. The first game of last season, you remember when the Jags played the Washington Commanders and the quarterback, I'm not even sure he's in the league anymore. Uh, Carson, what's his name? Carson Wentz. Man, he looked like an MVP against the Jaguars defense last year. They cannot have that in this game. They absolutely cannot have that in this game. I like the Jags by 10 points if the defense comes ready to play. My pick, Jags 27, Colts 17, if the Jaguars defense comes ready to play. We'll talk North Florida Entertainment, high school football coming up. My Ed White Commanders won. Yeah, they they beat Inglewood at Inglewood. Inglewood was actually christening a new field. At Inglewood. So, you know, I, I'm glad to see that. They're a long-time school in Jacksonville. They got a new field to play on, on the south side. But my Ed White commanders took them down. We'll talk high school football, give you some high school football scores, North Florida Entertainment. Gators got game two, you know, coming up later today. College football getting in full gear. We'll talk, we'll talk college football, too. College football, man, I've got um, – you know, I, I definitely have my apprehensions about the new things, you know, happening in college football, the NIL deals, um, the conference realigning I'm not too fond of. But we're going to cover it. It's the new age of college football. And we'll talk high school football, North Florida Entertainment coming up. Jags open the regular season. This is for real now. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. This Sunday afternoon, September the 10th, kickoff at 1 o'clock p.m. Depending on where you go, in most circles, the Jaguars about a four-and-a-half point to five-and-a-half-point favorite. I saw the consensus spread is like the Jaguars favored by five points. We'll take a look at North Florida Entertainment, some high school scores, high school football scores coming up, too, as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues, episode show number 62. Thank you for listening.
Hey, while the internet, while the internet's processing things properly, let's go ahead and get this one in the can. While we can get this one in the can, right? Episode show number sixty-two, season number four of the Deal Shirt Report podcast, brought to you by Elegant uh, Travel. I want to call it Elegant Time Travel, but Elegant Travel and uh, Dark Diamond Entertainment. Dee Dee McDermott, hello to you. I want to say hello to Saucerility and Capital, our good friend Lawrence Saucer. Uh, LakeyPaulaHits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. The Mad Max Mix uh, can be heard on Wednesday night. And I was so saddened to hear about the passing of Gary Wright. You know, Jimmy Buffett passed away a few days earlier. Gary Wright, famous for those songs like Our Love is Alive, Dreamweaver. And you can hear those type songs on the Mad Max Mix.weebly.com with Mad Max, your host of the, uh, the internet radio Wednesday night music request show. With uh, Mad Max, he's also our Georgia Bulldog football insider, Gary Wright. Let me tell you this now about Gary Wright uh, real quick. I'll tell you that, you know, back in the day before MTV, before music videos, basically, even though I think they, they had music videos, right? We have we had our own imagination to songs. You hear a song on the radio and you kind of imagine how it is and I remember one of the first times I heard that song by Gary Wright, Our Love is Alive. It was when I was at Jacksonville Beach, Florida, at the pier. They used to have a game room. Now, the pier has caught some storms and been rebuilt, you know, many times over the years, of course. But when I was a kid, 19, it was in the 1970s, you know, probably, you know, mid to late 1970s. I think the Gary Wright song came out about 76. It must have been about 76 when I was a, a young kid, teenager, early teenager. But I remember being at the game room. At one time, there was a game room at the Jacksonville Beach, Florida Pier. Pinball machines, you know, back in the day of pinball machines. And I remember hearing that song, Love is Alive, by Gary Wright. Man, I thought it was such a cool song. And it kind of kind of fit the, the game room, too, when I was there. So... Very sad to learn about the passing of Gary Wright, but man, he left us a lot of great music. So did Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett, great songs like Come Monday, Cheeseburger in Paradise. Jimmy Buffett is probably having a cheeseburger in paradise with Larry Cole, who passed away about a year ago. And I guess Jimmy Buffett passed away right at about a year um, after Larry Cole did. We used to call Larry Cole the Jimmy Buffett of Facebook. Larry passed away and now... Jimmy Buffett has passed away, and maybe they're enjoying a cheeseburger in paradise together. I sure hope so. We appreciate you guys tuning in uh, to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Jaguars open the season in Indy at the Indianapolis Colts. We've seen strange things happen in the NFL. I was not expecting, even though Detroit has a better team than they have had in the past, I'm saying Detroit has the Detroit Lions have an improved team. Um, I don't believe Detroit, Detroit has something in common with the Jaguars. Neither team, neither team has been to the Super Bowl, right? Now it's even worse for Detroit because Detroit's been around a lot, lot longer than the Jaguars have, but I'm going to tell you Detroit has a much better team. Former Jaguars quarterback, Mark Burnell is their quarterback coach. And man, man, they beat Kansas city 21 to 20 to open the NFL regular season on Thursday night. I guess that was Thursday night, September the 7th. Uh, the Detroit Lions 21, the KC Chiefs 20, the final score. Um, I know that 
Travis Kelsey, the the star tight end for Kansas City, probably one of the top two or three tight ends in the league. He may be the best tight end in the league. And you got to think with Travis Kelsey, man, you, you watch him play. He's a lot of times good for a touchdown or two in almost every game. He helps move the chains on third down, and I think the Kansas City Chiefs and quarterback Patrick Mahomes really missed Travis Kelsey in that opening game as Detroit defeated Kansas City 21-20. to Jaguars game at Indianapolis. Jags, again, about a four-and-a-half to five-and-a-half point favorite. Consensus line is about, you know, Mad Max was telling me, I think he said the Jaguars were a five-point favorite. That's kind of the consensus line right now out of Vegas and even circles out outside of Vegas, uh, probably. We'll take we'll take a look at some uh, high school football scores that we do have. Now, you can go to the website at BigJReport.com. That's uh, BigJReport.com. I didn't really finish telling you about the Mad Max Mix. Go to uh, the Mad Max Mix for great songs. I'm sure Max is going to do more tributes on uh, Jimmy Buffett, uh, Gary Wright, who sadly both of them, you know, have passed away in the last few days, uh, last couple of weeks. Um, Max plays a lot of the old music, classic rock, the old pop music songs from days gone by at madmaxmix.weebly.com, the internet radio Wednesday night music request show from about 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock Eastern Time. You'll find the link on our website at Big J Report. Dot com and the Neighbors 2 section, and also the Outside the Box section. I'm going to pull up some high school football scores that we do have. Now, you can find the high school football scores on our website, and if you scroll way down on the homepage, we've got a picture, Jacksonville Sharks picture, where they recently won the National Arena League Championship, I believe back in August. Um, well, just last month, actually. Um the Jacksonville Sharks won the National Arena League Championship with a 54-45 come-from-behind victory over the Carolina Cobras in the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena. The Shark Tank back on Saturday evening, August the 12th of 2023. There's a great photo. The photo is by Big J Reports' Alex Nunray. So we're going to take a look at some high school football scores that we do have. We're constantly updating the scores. We'll be updating the scores more this weekend. So go to our website at bigjreport.com. Checking the high school football scoreboard for North Florida, South Georgia, and surrounding areas, the Ed White Commanders. And there's no way I'll be able to give you all the scores, but we'll give you a few that we do have. My Ed White Commanders, 36, Inglewood Rams, 14, the final. Ed White um, now two and one on the season. Mandarin beat uh, the Riverside Generals, formerly known as Lee High School in Jacksonville, Florida. It was Mandarin fifty, the Riverside Generals, formerly known as Lee High School, twenty. My dad used to always ask me, "How did Lee do?" Well, Dad, they lost this weekend, fifty to twenty, and that's I'm talking about my my late dad, that Mr. Sonny, that passed away. It's you know it's been about it's been it's been almost three years since since Dad passed away. Um, so again, and the school name changed after Dad had passed away. Mandarin fifty, the Riverside Generals twenty, Riverside Generals formerly known as Lee High School. Again, Mandarin fifty, Riverside Generals twenty. Reigns Vikings, a great rich high school football 
uh, history and tradition. The Reigns Vikings, 26, Sandalwood Saints, 7. Atlantic Coast, 30, West Side, 6, a final. Rebought Trojans, 45, Stanton, nothing, a final. Trinity Christian Academy, got a good football team. Their quarterback is a prospect. He's going to LSU, I understand. Trinity Christian Academy, 43, NFEI, nothing, a final. Paxson and um, John Gaylor. One of our real good uh, supporters, correspondents. He's a, you know he's a real good correspondent and uh, supporter of the podcast. He told me they're always going to be known to him as the Pax as Paxson. I think they're also known as PSFAS, I believe. But we've got it. We've got them on the website with their old longtime name, Paxson, the Paxson Eagles. Um, let's see, Paxson was playing. It was a close game, too. Let me pull up the Paxson score. Paxson, 14. The Hilliard flashes 12. A final Hilliard from uh, Nassau County. Hawthorne beat Terry Parker. Hawthorne, 46. A Terry Parker brave six. A final Clay High School Blue Devils, 42. Orange Park Raiders, 41. What a game that one was. There's a lot of schools in Clay County now. So Orange Park really is not the powerhouse they were at one time because a lot of the, the students and football players are going to other schools around Clay County. But on this night, Orange Park played well. They battled Clay High School, the Clay High School Blue Devils 42, the Orange Park Raiders 41, a final on Friday night, September the 8th of 2023. Uh, DeLand 35, the Columbia County Lake City Tigers 21, a final. Baldwin 14, the Fernandina Beach Pirates 6, a final score. Also, Daytona Mainland beat Alex Nunnery's Bartram Trail High School, where he went to high school. It was Daytona Mainland 28, Bartram Trail 24, a final. In a really defensive struggle and battle, the Fletcher Senators 7, the Andrew Jackson Tigers nothing, a final. Yuley, where Derrick Henry played his high school ball, Yuley 48, Zarephath Academy 12, a final on Friday night, September the 8th of 2023. Uh, you can certainly find more scores by going to bigjreport.com. Now, I'm also going to check, you know, we can kind of navigate uh, the system, take a look at some uh, Georgia and Alabama scores, because, man, we've got, I'm going to tell you, we have got, a lot of listeners, not only in Florida, all over the state of Florida, by the way, but we got listeners, you know, obviously in uh, in Georgia, Alabama, Texas, everywhere. We primarily do high school scores for North Florida, South Georgia, and that pocket of uh, South Alabama as well. So let's pull up, uh, let's pull up some more high school football scores as we continue uh, right here on the Teal shirt report podcast so please stand by and uh stay tuned everything's taken you know internet is such a crazy thing and it's not always a good thing sometimes it is a good thing sometimes it's not uh today by the way is um september the 9th saturday september the 9th let me go back to the some more of the friday september the 8th scores uh for our podcast let me see if i can pull up Let's see. We'll try to pull up uh, some more scores. Give me a moment here. Okay. And, you know, we like taking a look. We got folks in Alabama, Georgia uh, listening to us as well. We're going to take a look at more Friday night, September the 8th scores. If, you know, if I can, if I can flat pull them up, we will. 
We absolutely will. So uh, please stand by. Stay tuned. You're listening. You're absolutely listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. More high school scores coming up. We'll take a look at some North Florida entertainment as well. Stay tuned. We'll continue. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna pull up we're gonna pull up some more uh, high school uh, football scores as we continue here. I told you my Ed White Commanders were victorious over Inglewood. What was it, thirty six to fourteen? I believe we gave you the score a little bit earlier. Let's pull up some. I uh, got some Georgia and Alabama scores. Uh, Stewart County from up in Georgia. They used to be known as uh, Stewart Quitman High School, the Royal Knights. Now they're just Stewart County. Stewart County 56, Notre Dame Academy 34. The final score, Northeast 25, Carver up in Georgia 18. Uh, Flint River Academy 42, Calvary Christian nothing. Central 14 and Twig 6. Let's see some other scores. You know, I did, uh, let's see, we got Schley County where Jim McFather used to be a head coach over there after he left Randolph Clay. Schley County 48. Bleckley County, 42, the final score. And the Randolph Clay Red Devils. I did play-by-play football for the Randolph Clay High School Football Red Devils. Man, I did that for, man, I did that for many, many years. It was, uh, you know, over 10 years, close to 15 years. Randolph Clay, when I was there in that area in western Georgia, ran a radio station up there. Randolph Clay was victorious. On Friday night, September the 8th, and they defeated Pike County, Randolph Clay, 14, Pike County nothing, the final score. Sumter County, 24 up in Georgia, Crisp uh, County, 15. Sumter County, 24, Crisp County, 15. And for more of our listeners up in the Georgia and even Alabama area, Ace 54, I've never heard of Ace High School, Ace 54, Jordan or Jordan. They probably call him Jordan up in Georgia. Ace 54, Jordan, nothing, a final score. Lamar County 17, Manchester 14. I'm just kind of pulling these scores up as we go. Um, checking some some other scores coming up. You fall a big winner over Headland up in Alabama. You fall Alabama Tigers 56, Headland 14, the final score. Um, checking some other scores that we have. Let's see. Ariton 35, Geneva County 6. Uh, Opelika, 44, Percy Julian 8, the final score. And I'm continuing to pull up some scores. Stanhope Elmore 24. Um, let me repeat that. Stanhope Elmore 24, Russell County 21, the final score. That is uh, up in Alabama. Auburn in a high school football game. This is Auburn, Alabama High School 28, Dothan 27. Uh, Luverne, 42, Barber County, nothing up in Alabama as well. And uh, those are some of the scores. I was looking for the Lakeside score. I haven't found that. Oh, there it is. I did find it. How about this? The Lakeside School Chiefs. And Mad Max has a relative, I believe. Uh, I'm trying to think of the relative. It might be, It might be a grandson, actually playing for Lakeside School, but they won that game. Lakeside School out of Yavala, Lakeside School 55, Coosa Valley Academy, nothing. So the Lakeside School, Lakeside School, that's the Lakeside School in Yavala, 55, Coosa Valley Academy, 
nothing. Central 48, Enterprise 7. And those are some of the scores, you know, from up in Alabama and uh, up in Georgia. We try to give scores out. We got a lot of listeners throughout the state of Florida, South Georgia, uh, that pocket of South, Southeast Alabama as well. Uh, Wadley beat Spring Garden. Wadley 41, Spring Garden 7. Lynette 41, Horseshoe Bend 13. Love the names of some of these schools. And those are some of the, not all the scores, obviously, but some of the scores against Sumter County, the Sumter County Rams 24, Crisp County 15, the final. Again, the Randolph Clay Red Devils, where I did play-by-play for that, that, that program for years and years and years. Randolph Clay 14, Pike County nothing. Very good to see Randolph Clay. Uh, winning a football game, and they did win on uh, on Friday night, September the 8th. So that's some of the scores. Noonan beat Hardaway. Noonan 21, Hardaway nothing. Uh, Pacelli, Pacelli 48, Mount DeSales Academy 7. They're now known as St. Ann Pacelli. Back in the day when I was up there, like, you know, well over 12, 15 years ago, I think it's been like over 12 years since I was running the radio station up in western Georgia. They were known, most of the time, I think they just referred to them as Pacelli. Now it's St. Anne Pacelli. So St. Anne Pacelli, 48, Mount DeSales Academy, 7, the final score. Columbus beat, uh, this is a Florida score, actually, I believe. Columbus is down in South Florida. There's a Columbus in South Florida, 42. Jessup around the, Jessup down around the Tampa area, 14. So Columbus from South Florida, 42. Jessup from around the Tampa area, 14. So those are some of the scores. Colquitt County, 37. Colquitt County, I think that's the where Rush Probst used to be a head coach, and now he's at Pell City up in Alabama, I heard. Colquitt County, 37. Lee County, 20. That's a complete uh, another story. You want to get start talking about Coach Rush Probst again, man. He's got a – Interesting history. Sure does. Won a lot of games, though. So that's some of the high school football games. Uh, we'll be putting more of these scores up in, on our website at bigjreport.com. That's absolutely bigjreport.com. Let's take a look at uh, let's take a look at some North Florida Entertainment, shall we? Um, let's pull up North Florida Entertainment today as uh, we continue uh, with our podcast. And um, we're sponsored by a lot of great folks. Also, Realty and Capital in North Florida for your real estate needs in North Florida and surrounding areas. You know, whether it's uh, you're looking for a home in Jacksonville, Gainesville, Lake City, Live Oak, or somewhere in between, Mayo, uh, and even a little bit south of that North Florida line, contact uh, Salsa Realty and Capital. There's a link for the website at bigjreport.com. On our homepage, scroll down to our weather reports, our 24-7 North Florida weather reports, and you'll find a link for Saucerility and Capital. I want to say hello to Dee Dee McDermott uh, with Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment as well. LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio, the home for Midnight Rock, Midnight Central Time, 1 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. That's LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's absolutely all good. The Mad Max Mix.weebly.com, the Internet Radio Wednesday night musical request show with the one, the only Mad Max and the Mad Max Mix.weebly.com. Mad Max also our Georgia 
Bulldog football insider. Georgia won their first game over UT Martin, 48-7. Carson Beck from Jacksonville, Florida, won a state championship in Mandarin High School back in his junior year of high school. He's playing pretty good. He's getting his opportunity to start for the Bulldogs. I even heard uh, Georgia Bulldog football coach Kirby Smart in a press conference say that he was proud of Carson. And Carson now fully, Carson Beck from Jacksonville, Florida, now fully installed as the starting quarterback uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs. Let's take a look at uh, North Florida Entertainment. We've got some some more concerts to tell you about. Again, our prayers to the you know the family, the friends, the fans. Did that great song, Dreamweaver. Also, the song "Our Love Is Alive," which I hear Mad Max play on his show at MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. Prayers to the family, the immediate family, the rest of the family, the the friends and fans and, and everybody you know that really loved the music of not only Gary Wright but Jimmy Buffett. Both both of them have passed away in over just the last few days. And I know Jimmy Buffett will be missed. Gary Wright will be missed. However, their music, the great thing about music, their music lives on. And you can hear a lot of their music by Gary Wright. I know Mad Max is probably doing some Jimmy Buffett tributes, too, at the Mad Max Mix .com. The Mad Max Mix each Wednesday night. The Mad Max Mix .com. You'll find links at BigJigReport.com, too. In our Neighbors 2 section and also the Outside the back Box section, you can click on the link on Wednesday night and listen to Mad Max's show. Wednesday night, 6 to 8 Central Time, 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock Eastern Time for the Mad Max Mix. Weebly.com. Let's pull up some concerts we uh, do have for you real quickly as we're going to wrap it up. Episode show number 62 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We take a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports as well. Here comes some shows. If you miss Snoop Dogg, he was actually at the Meister Center Memorial Arena back on August the 5th of 2023. Snoop Dogg is coming on. So has country singer Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean was at the arena, Meister Center Memorial Arena, back on August the 25th of 2023, about 7.30 in the evening is when the show started. Um, the September show of Molly Hatchet and Donna Beater is now in the books. In September of 2023, Molly Hatchet played a show with Donna Beater uh, back on Friday night, September the 8th. Just last night, uh, this past Friday night, September the 8th, 2023, at the Donna Beater uh, Concert Hall uh, here in Northeast Florida. Uh, local North Florida jam band Late Night Transfer. Be playing at the Boost Bar, the 51 Robert Street, Atlantic Beach, Florida, with the show at 9 o'clock p.m. on Saturday night, September the 16th of 2023, from 9 o'clock p.m. to 1 o'clock a.m. Also, Alice Cooper performing at the St. Augustine Amphitheater. That's right, Alice Cooper. I've always heard stories that he's really a good golfer, too. And I think he's golfed at some pro am event. That's how much golfing he's doing now, but he's obviously singing a song like School's Out in the Summer and many other songs that Alice Cooper did over the years until after touring. Um, again, Alice Cooper will be performing at the St. 
St. Augustine Amphitheater. And that's coming up in a few weeks uh, on October the 4th. A little less than a month. That's right, Houston. You got Alice Cooper performing at the St. Augustine Amphitheater on October the 4th at 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. Pink Floyd tribute band, Brit Floyd. That's right. Pink Floyd tribute band. As I understand it, I can't write this research on it because I am hearing about two or three Pink Floyd tribute bands out there. I've never been to one of these shows, but it might be a lot of fun to get to hear the music of Pink Floyd, done by a tribute band, Pink Floyd tribute band, Brit Floyd, coming to the iconic Florida Theater on Saturday night, November the 18th, 2023, 8 o'clock p.m. The Florida Theater has been doing some revamping, remodeling, cleaning up the place, giving it a, a sparkling new look. Outside of the Florida Theater on uh, Forsyth Street in uh, on Forsyth Street downtown Jacksonville. So we do know the uh, Florida Theater is going to be back open, you know, in a few days. Pink Floyd tribute band Brent Floyd coming to the iconic Florida Theater on Saturday night, November the 18th of 2023. 8 o'clock p.m. Also, Jim Croce's son, A.J. Croce. When I heard his music, and he sings some of his dad's songs, does some of his own songs. And as you know, Jim Croce passed away in a, a plane crash back when he was like, what was he about? Was he in his 30s? I think he was in his early 30s when he passed away. This is his son, A.J. Croce, will be performing on Saturday evening, November the 25th of 2023. Of the year 2023, I should say. Again, that's A.J. Croce on Saturday evening, November the 25th of 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. And he'll be back. He'll, he'll be in Jacksonville at the Florida Theater, downtown Jacksonville, as the Florida Theater reopens in uh, October, November. And again, Jim Croce's son, late Jim Croce's son, A.J. Croce, will be performing on Saturday evening, November the 25th. Florida Theater in downtown Jacksonville, Florida. Some future shows, Kansas from Dust in the Wind fame, coming to North Florida in just a few months. Uh, Kansas playing the Florida Theater on Friday night, January the 12th, 2024, at 8 o'clock p.m. Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida. Just found this one out from uh, from Howard, from Howard Guy. Well, uh, one of our main um, Howard Cogswell had posted about the Gladys Knight show coming to Jacksonville, and uh, Gladys Knight performing. And this is in a, you know, this has been several weeks from now, or a few months from now. Gladys Knight performing on February the 13th, 2024, 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida. I know this weekend also the EXFL Championship game is the eight man versus eight, uh, eight man versus eight man. Football League, the Summer Football League wrapping up playoffs. Playoffs. Lake County Devil Dogs got knocked out of the first round. Uh, they were knocked out by South Florida State. So, South Florida, they're going to be playing the Pine County Falcons. I believe the South Florida team is known as the Raptors. The South Florida Raptors versus the Pine County Falcons. That team's going to be played, I believe, later today. 
So on our next podcast, we should have a final score of that particular game. Two teams in that league, the EXFL, eight-man football, kind of like indoor football, played on an outdoor field, a 60-yard field. And the commissioner uh, in that league, Avion Hale, has done a great job keeping us up to date with the games. And so on our next podcast, we should have the result from the championship game between South Florida, Florida Raptors, and the Pine County Falcons. The Clay County Florida Devil Dogs are also a part of that league. We're going to talk about the final of the playoffs. We're down to the championship round. South Florida Raptors, um, South Florida Raptors playing on the Clay Pine County Falcons. And then Avion Hale. He's finished the league. He's done taking on a really good Avion Hale, the commissioner of the EXFL Summer League, eight-man football, eight-man versus eight, uh, eight-man versus eight-man outdoor football. It's indoor football played on an outdoor field in the elements, 60-yard field of play, eight-man versus eight in the EXFL. We've enjoyed updating you on games in that league, including, you know, a local team, some local teams here. Um, which is the you know the Clay County, the Clay County Florida Devil Dogs, home based in Green Cove Springs, Florida. They played some of the games, their, some of their home games in Green Cove Springs. They also played a couple of games in Orange Park. They are known as the Clay County Florida Devil Dogs. Solo runs that team and is the owner of the Clay County Florida Devil Dogs. That's going to do it for the Field Trip Report podcast. Until the next episode of the podcast, College Football Colorado that's going to be interesting. I think Colorado and some circles might be one or two points favorite in that game. That's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one as Deion Sanders will try to make it two in a row now that he's started coaching the Colorado Buffaloes. They're 1-0, 45-42 win over TCU. Florida Gators will host McNeese State. There's many, many other games that we'll talk about on the next episode of the Teal Shirt Report Podcast. Our podcast has been eloquently produced by our executive producer, JC, also by Alex Nunnery. Uh, we want to thank Mr. John Gaylor. John Gaylor, outstanding uh, guy, correspondent, and obviously John supporter of our podcast. And John, we appreciate you very much. We appreciate all the info that you give us, uh, you know, being a correspondent of the Tool Shirt Report podcast. And also, uh, BigJReport.com, BigJReport.com, Facebook group. Um, let's say hello to everybody tuned in. Andy Powers listening in the UK. Andy, good to, always good to have you listening in. Um, let's say hello to Mr. David. Mr. David, who, you know, obviously 
David Martin helps us with Timmy for football results as well. He's still playing. He's been playing in some showcase games. I don't know if he'll play next year or not. He kind of retired. He came out of retirement, but uh, David Martin played long, played for a long time. Um, can handle Crusaders, which I think that league, that team, that team actually folded. Don't know if they'll be back, but David Martin does a great job keeping us up to date with semi pro football results. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This has been episode show number 62, season number four of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm Scott, your host. I'm out until next time around. Check back with us uh, tomorrow. Real simple. I listen to a new, uh, new episode of the Teal Shirt Report podcast on the Teal Shirt Report podcast network coming soon. Keep it right here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And again, hey, thank you for listening. I'm out. Well, you know, I got to I got to slip in with a little bit of an encore here. We're trying to figure out who wore number 62. I looked over the roster. I couldn't find a 62 unless I missed him. Maybe it's somebody on the practice squads probably got 62. But the most famous 62 for the Jaguars may have been offensive guard Ben Coleman. He played on some good football teams. He was on the Jacksonville Jaguars from 1995 to 1999. So maybe at this point, the most famous number 62 for the Jacksonville Jaguars was Ben Coleman who apparently donned the number 62. And he was with the Jaguars uh, from the early going. I wasn't aware that Ben was with the team in 95, but he must have joined the team somewhere in 95. He did play. He was a good guard. Um, you know, Tony Baselli, I tell you, and, and the other offensive lineman, I tell you, really what a good player he was. Ben Coleman, looks like Ben Coleman played from... Is that correct? 1995 to 1999. So he played for some of the early Jacksonville Jaguars teams and donned um, number 62. So when you look at who had been the most impactful player to wear number 62, there's been some guys that have worn it, but Ben Coleman is probably the name that sticks out in my mind the most who wore number 62, played guard, offensive guard for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We wanted to pop back in here and kind of recognize uh, Ben Coleman, who played guard for the Jaguars back on those late 1990, very good Jacksonville Jaguars football teams. Again, thank you to our all of our sponsors, uh, Saucer Realty and Capital, Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment, the Mad Max Mix.Weebly.com, Lake Ufala Hits, LakeUvalaHits.com, uh, great internet radio where it's all good. Again, Saucer Realty Capital is always worth mentioning uh, here on our Teal Shirt Report podcast as well. And we we appreciate all you guys listing in XFLToday.net where you can go check out um, the results from, you know, from last year's. And they got through the entire season in the XFL in 2023, now owned by The Rock. They've got to deal with how much it costs to run that league now, and we'll keep up to date with uh, – we love the XFL. We hope they can survive for a long time. And you can follow the XFL at xfltoday.net. So a special thank you to the xfltoday.net, the madmaxmix.weebly.com. Lake Ufala hits great internet radio where it's all good. Saucer Realty and Capital, 
and Dee Dee McDermott with Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. Thank you to all of our sponsors that helped make the Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast possible. Special thanks to our contributor and correspondent and supporter, John Gagler, as well. And want to thank our producers, our executive producer, JC, another producer, Alex Nunry, to the show. And David Martin, thank you for all the info on semi-pro football action as well. You've been listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, our, our short encore here uh, during episode show number 62 of season number four of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm your host, Scott. I'm really out this time. We'll be back real soon with another episode of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Go Jaguars. Do ball. I finally got a do ball in. I think maybe I'm a little bit under the weather today. Let me try it again. Do ball. Get ready for the game. Jaguars at the Colts this Sunday afternoon, September the 10th. Kickoff at 1 o'clock. Right now, the Jaguars about a four and a half to five and a half point favorite in most circles. I think the consensus spread is that the Jaguars are close to a five-point favorite over the Colts this Sunday. We'll see what happens. AR-15 making his quarterback debut for the Colts, a former Florida Gator quarterback. He's a rookie. So the Jags, man, the defense has got to get after him, and they got to stop the running game of the Colts. Again, this has been episode show number 62 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I think we're going to see some splash plays by the Jaguars offense. Again, my prediction Jaguars 27, Colts 17. You never know in the NFL, the National Football League. We'll be back on the next episode to talk about the game. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Episode show number 62 now in the books. Have a great day. I'm your host, Scott. And again, hey, I'm out. You guys have a great day. Thank you for listening. Hey, now you guys know we got a double encore. You know it. What what happened is I, I messaged uh, Gaylor, John Gaylor, a little bit earlier in the podcast. Our correspondent and supporter of the podcast, our contributor, John Gaylor. And I had already put this stuff in it by Ben Coleman being number 62. But now John Gaylor says, you got to talk about the playoff game where the Jaguars put 62 points on the board in the playoff game. Not only was it a playoff game, I believe it was Dan Marino's last football game in his career, and the Jags score 62 points on the Dolphins in the playoff game. Now think about that for a moment. The playoffs. Playoffs? Man, that's got to be one of the all-time great performances in a playoff game, right? Not not a regular season game, not only a regular well not a regular season game, a playoff game. It was referred to as the squish, the fish game. John reminded me, yeah, it was twenty five seasons. Let's see, what is this here? Was it was that twenty five seasons ago? Let's see, Jaguars, Dolphins. What year was that? Let me see if I can look that year up, man. I remember seeing the game like it was it was yesterday. Okay, squish the fish. Jaguar 62, Dolphin 7. 
my goodness. Um, it was it was a 62 to seven victory over the Miami Dolphins in an AFC divisional playoff game following the 1999 season. And let me tell you what, the Jaguars had a great team that year. They won the game 62 to seven. Got to be one of the most memorable playoff victories if you're a Jaguars fan. And the Jaguars won the game 62 to seven over the Miami Dolphins in an AFC divisional uh, playoff game following the 1999 regular season. The most one-sided NFL postseason victory in, you know, well over 50 years. 62 to 7. So that's our 62. Not only Ben Coleman wearing 62, but the Jaguars scoring 62 after the when the playoffs started after the 1999 season. That means officially that game would have been played in 2000. There were a lot of interesting assumptions coming up when the year 2000 hit also. Man, that was what, 23 years ago or more? My goodness. How about that? Dolphins seen six. <laughs> oh, oh, let me let me back up. The Jaguars hang 62 points on the Dolphins, 62 to 7 in that divisional playoff game at the conclusion of the 1999 regular season. So I think that game was actually played, would, would have been played in January of 2000, right? The actual date of the playoff game. Um, Jaguars entered the 1999 postseason as the AFC's number one seed and backed up that status with one of the most one-sided postseason performances in NFL history with a 62-7 victory over the Miami Dolphins. It was also, you know, obviously um, Dan Marino's final game as a as a quarterback with the Dolphins. Let's see, Don Shula was was still coaching then, right? I believe Don Shula was still the coach. And you know, when you talk about Don Shula winning two Super Bowls with the Miami Dolphins, what were his most difficult defeats? Had to have been the the Joe Namath guaranteed Jets winning the Super Bowl. What was that, 1969, I think? After the 68 season, I believe. And Namath called it, said, hey, we're going to win the game. And they were a big underdog in the game. And those have got to be two of the worst defeats for Coach Don Shula. Rest his soul, he... He took the 1972 undefeated season to heaven with him. But even the best coaches had some difficult defeats. You know, Bobby Bowden lost to Florida in the national championship game. I'm kind of proud to say that because I'm a Gator fan. But I'm going to tell you, I loved Bobby Bowden. And I think a lot of Gator fans grew to really like him, especially after he quit coaching, right? But – you know, Bobby Bowden, you know, I have a little story, you know, when I was doing sports talk show in Jacksonville, before before there was even sports talk radio, I worked at uh, WEXI radio, and that was in the 
early 1980s. And back then it was different. Back then I had the phone numbers. Let me call Bobby Bowden over at the office. And I did. I called Coach Bowden. Coach Bobby Bowden never turned me down for an interview. I, I know I interviewed Coach Bobby Bowden probably three, four, five times or more. What a gentleman. God rest his soul. Can you imagine the conversations in heaven with Don Shola, Coach Bobby Bowden, and a few others? And music guys, Jimmy Buffett, and Gary Ryder up in heaven now. What a great place to be in the future, right? You always hear this saying, I'm not, I'm not ready to go now, but when I go, I do want to be in heaven. So that's my... That's my, my, one of my thoughts for the day. However, what's kind of interesting, the reason why I'm still broadcasting episode show number 62 with a double encore is because John Gaylor all of a sudden brought up the squish the fish game, 62 to seven Jaguars over the Dolphins. So we had to, if you're going to talk about 62, that's a great number to, to talk about. Um, ben Coleman, a great offensive lineman and offensive guard for the Jaguars back in the late 90s as well. About that same time period. So we talk about Ben Coleman wearing 62. The Dolphins hanging 62 on the fish. Back uh, after the 1999 regular season. Which um, I guess that game was officially played in January of 2000. I believe. So that's our double encore. However, what's kind of cool. The double encore is being done on Sunday. That means I've got some college football results for you. I absolutely do. I've got some college football results. Um, the SEC is heating up now. Texas appears to be ready to join in 2024, now by beating Bama. How long will Saban stay before he retires is the question, right? Nick Saban, greatest coach in Alabama history. Saban won. He supplanted the Bear number two. He's won a lot of SEC titles and even national championships at Alabama. And I guess he'll stay as long as he wants. I don't think Saban's um, the biggest fan of NIL or conferences realigning. And I'm, I'm not either, quite frankly. Um, we'll take a look at some college football scores. Uh, Florida, since, since we're kind of recording the double encore on Sunday morning, getting ready for the Jaguars game today. Jaguars at the Colts at 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon, September the 10th. College football, uh, Florida 49, McNeese State 7. Florida Gators had four different running backs score touchdowns. And, man, there was, a, there was a vicious hit in the game by a Florida defender. And... Uh, Man, Florida came to play, but they were playing McNeese State. McNeese State, not, not a big college by any means, of course. Um, Scooby, what's his name? Scooby Williams, linebacker at Florida. He had a vicious hit in that game for the Florida Gators. Scooby Williams, that's his name. I was trying to think he was Snoopy Williams. No, Scooby Williams, uh, linebacker at Florida. And, uh, man, he had a hard hit. He hit the ball carrier viciously behind the line of scrimmage. Scooby Williams. That's a name to remember. He'll be a, he'll be a future draft pick. 
So going back to the scoreboard, we'll do the college football scores real quick. We did some high school scores earlier. Uh, the SEC is heating up now. Texas appears to be ready to join the SEC in 2024 by now beating Bama. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't want to go down the road to completely talk about Nick Saban, but he'll go down as the number one coach in the history of Alabama football. He supplanted the Bear. The Bears number two. They've had to, they've had a couple of really really great coaches at Bama. No doubt. College football: Florida 49, McNeese State seven. The final. Florida finding its offense on Saturday night, apparently on Saturday night, September the 9th of 2023. Write that date down. It's against a smaller school, though. Florida's got an SEC game against Kentucky coming up. Uh, Florida will also play the UNC Charlotte um, 49ers, I believe. I believe they're known as the 49ers. Cornbread Maxwell, probably the most famous guy to ever come out of UNC Charlotte, but they play football. They've been playing football for a number of years now uh, at more of a, I guess, a mid-major level or so. Um, again, Florida 49, McNeese State 7, a final that's worth repeating. Florida finding its offense on Saturday night, September the 9th of 2023. Texas Longhorns 34, Bama 24. Man, Alabama defense not stellar but texas is an improving program they're they're you know they're recruiting and they have been recruiting the last year or two to go into the sec in 2024 texas longhorns 34 alabama 24 final miami of florida and there was a couple of miami fans bragging i said well you beat the worst team in the sec last year texas a&m and what about texas a&m the haggies where was their defense? Miami scored 48 points. I know they had, according to Gaylor, they had a, had a, I think um, Miami had a kickoff return for a touchdown. So that was special teams. But Miami won the game. Miami, Florida, 48, Texas A&M, Aggies, 33, the final. Uh, Georgia scored as many as they wanted against Ball State. Georgia, 45, Ball State, three, the final on Saturday, September the 9th of 2023 in college football some some good games played um of course i will tell you that you know biggest college football games that were not sec games or involving sec teams florida state is for real florida state 66 southern mississippi 13 a final on saturday september the 9th the Knowles, the Seminoles have a good coach, and they are for real in 2023 under head coach Mike Norvell. Florida State took a dip the last year Jimbo was there in the Willie Taggart era. Man, don't get me started. Willie Taggart had a losing record at the mid-majors, but he got an opportunity at Florida State. He got another opportunity at FAU that didn't really pan out after the Florida State situation. And I think Taggart, last I heard, is a, let's see, Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart's an assistant coach now. You know, so we, we, talk, we talk about these schools, biggest college football games that were not SEC games or involving SEC teams, Florida State 66, Southern Mississippi 13, the final. The Knowles have a good coach, and they're for real in 2023. And I'm going to go out on a limb. And I, I know that Colorado's not as good as Florida State at this juncture. However, the excitement that's been created, 
there's going to be players wanting to play for Dion, and that's what it comes down to. And I'm going to say Colorado, man, they're probably the biggest story in college football. And Florida State's a big story, too. But people were expecting Florida State to be in the top ten this year. They were not expecting Colorado to. Colorado 36, Nebraska 14, a final. I think Nebraska, Colorado was a, I think, was Colorado favored in this game? Um, I think Colorado was actually favored by one or two points, but they won the game. Colorado 36, Nebraska 14, the final. It's the new age of college football. NIL deals, conferences realigning, the transfer portal, the coaches making incredibly crazy money, even more now. And now the very good players getting paid too. Over the table, right? With receipts, as Dion would say, right? So that's our college football report. Some of the biggest games, Florida won, Florida State won, Georgia won. Carson Beck, another good performance at quarterback. The kid from originally from Jacksonville, Florida, that won a state championship at Mandarin High School in his junior year. Well, this was, I think this was a profound um, double encore today. Man, think about that score a minute. Just think about the score for a minute. Florida State 66, Southern Mississippi 13. Florida State's got their offense running on huge cylinders right now. Florida Gators pick up a win. The SEC schedule with Florida playing Kentucky, Georgia's got a game coming up against South Carolina to open up league play as well. So there's some big SEC games coming in the coming weeks. Miami, Miami beat Texas A&M. There was a Miami, Florida, Miami of Florida Hurricane fan kind of bragging on social media. And I said, hey, let's see what happens six games into the season. This could be the year. This, And I told him, I said, this could be the year that Miami of Florida kind of, kind of turns the tables. And... You know, kind of goes, you know, they you know, they kind of pick up steam and um, kind of turn things around as a program. But let's look about six games into the season at least and see where Miami, Miami of Florida is. So that's a complete uh, college football report. Again, Miami of Florida won. They put 48 points on the board against Texas A&M. Florida, Miami, Florida, 48, Texas A&M, Aggies, 33. A final, we gave you that score a few moments ago. Where is Texas A&M's defense? I mean, they've done some things on offense with Bobby Petrino coming in to kind of run the offense. Jimbo still doing the limbo in there. Texas A&M has lost. They've already lost their first game here in early September. That's going to do it for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Jags kicking off uh, today on Sunday, September the 10th. Jacksonville Jaguars playing at the Colts as we record this final double encore of podcast of episode show number 62 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And hey, we do very much appreciate you tuning in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This has been episode show number 62 of season number four of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Man, the Jaguars are favored. They've been favored this week by anywhere from four and a half to five and a half points. I think the consensus 
spread is like the Jaguars favored by five points. In my humble opinion, the Jaguars offense will have some splash plays. They will have some splash plays in today's game. However, the key to the game is, is the Jaguars defense coming to play? If they're coming to play and bringing the heat, it's a W. It's a definite W. I like the Jaguars 27-17 to to win this game over the Colts. Man, if they don't win this game, that might be the last of my predictions, maybe. <laughs> never say never, right? 27 Jacksonville, 17 Indy. That's my prediction on uh, Sunday morning, September the 10th of 2023. Kickoff's a little later today at 1 o'clock. And, you know, episode show 63 will be coming quickly, and we'll, we'll talk about how the game came out. I'm your host, Scott, of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We've been eloquently produced by executive producer JC and by our producer, Alex Nunry. want to thank our contributor, uh, correspondent, and supporter, John Gaylor. Thank you so much, John, for everything you do helping us uh, with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm your host, Scott. And for now, I'm out. Enjoy the game. <laughs>